Amen. Amen. We were created in his nature and his image. And when you look, why? Just because so that we can worship him. Just where we can worship him for who he is. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk about worship. And I hope, I trust God that we shall have some more teachings again on worship, whether in the search the scripture or in the sermons, because we need to develop, we need to grow in our worship towards God. Hallelujah. Amen. And what is worship? I don't know if you have heard, maybe if you ever thought, always talk about, oh, it's time to praise and worship God. It's time to worship God. What is really worship? Worship is declaring the worth of God. It is declaring the worth of God. When I say worth, it means the value. When you put a worth to something, you are putting value to something. Hallelujah. So when we worship God, we tell God who he is. We tell God his value in our lives. Hallelujah. And you know, worship, they say the word comes from the old English word which says worship. Worship. Which means something, we, you know, it's something that is worth of our worship, worth of our honor, worth of our adoration. Hallelujah. So worship is an experience of reverence and adoration for a deity. I say for a deity because, you know, people can worship many things. It's not only, people do not only worship God. People can worship other things. Some people, even the reasons why Sundays they're not even changed, they're in football stadiums. Some worship football. Some worship their bank accounts. Some worship fashion. Some people can worship all kinds of things. Hallelujah. But our worship as Christians is towards God. We worship God. Hallelujah. So worship is a full life response to the worthiness of its object. It's a full life response to the worthiness of its world, world object. That's why I say you worship God all your life. It's about you. I like the song which you sang today that my body, my hands, you said what my hands, my legs, and my body, everything. Worship God because it's not only about my lips. And it's not only here on Sunday that you will see me worshiping. Even when I'm at work, even when I'm in my house, even when I'm cooking, my life is a life of worship. My life tells about who. Who, who do I give value? Who do I reference? Even whatever you are doing, whatever in everything, in your studies, in whatever, you are showing reference to something. You are showing reference to somebody. Hallelujah. So it's a full life, a full life of reverence towards that object, towards that thing that you value, towards that God that you value. Hallelujah. That's what worship is. Hallelujah. So it is showing or displaying the worth of God. That's why when in praise and worship, you know, we are singing, we are, we are glorifying God. You are telling us to wave our hands. Some people don't even want to wave their hands. Some don't even want to raise. You are displaying the word of God. So as a child of God, there are some things you can, you know, we, we want to, if some people, you see them, maybe they go to a party, then they will dance and do, you know, until they are all so tired that when it comes to God, you can't dance for your God. You can't raise your hands for your God. You feel so ashamed. You feel so shy to know to glorify God. When you are lost in worship, I tell you, nobody, you will not even worry about the person next to you. That's why you see some people crying in a worship. That's why you see some people jumping and dancing like, because they have known to understand what worship is. That is, takes everything about them. You know, that's why you're not David, you say it's not that you dance until the wife said, why are you dancing like that? It's so crazy, you know? But because he understood, you know, his God, he understood his 
worship. Hallelujah. So that's why you see some people come to church and they are like spectators during the worship service. They are like spectators watching. But when you know what you worship, when you know what worship is, you will know that it's a time for you to connect with your God. It's a time to meet with your God. The agenda is for you to meet with God. And God's agenda is to meet with you. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I like it when we come to service, when we come to church and the presence of God is there. We can feel it. We can, we can touch it. We can experience it. Hallelujah. So when you not experience the presence of God, even in your own individual life, even in your own devotional life, even when you start to pray, have you not seen there are moments even when you are praying alone, when you are worshiping even into your house, you even begin to cry in the presence of God. Sometimes you don't understand what is making me cry. It's just the awe. The splendor of God. You just feel that there is something. There is a certain weight. A certain weight. Because the weight of God. The splendor of God comes. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 145 verse 3. I will be going through scriptures as we go by. Otherwise we say. Oh, how come this preacher just preaches. Without reading the scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. I have lots of scriptures. And I will be going through them. As we go through the sermon. Psalm 145, verse 3. We normally sing this song. We say, Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. Greatly to be praised. Father, you reign. Great are you, Lord. Greatly to be praised. I will praise you forever. Father, you reign. Psalm 145, verse 3. It says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Hallelujah. Amen. We worship God because he is a great God. Hallelujah. Amen. When we worship something, we declare how worthy it is. Amen. We declare how valuable it is. So even in our lives, the way we live, we, we show, we actually are displaying how valuable God is. Hallelujah. Amen. We are showing how valuable our maker is. And as children of God, that is what God has called us to do, to live a life of worship. God has called us to worship. Hallelujah. That is why he created us. Amen. Amen. So worship, you know, it's an attitude of reverence. In, if we go to Psalm 95, verse 6. Psalm 95, verse 6. It says, come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Hallelujah. They say the Hebrew word, the, the Greek word, which is used there to describe worship, it talks about an attitude of reverence. It talks about even in the physical way, it's saying kissing the hand, kneeling down, bowing down. It says that is the attitude that is portrayed from that original Greek meaning. Hallelujah. So it means there is an attitude of reverence in worship. Hallelujah. It in, and it includes those physical gestures as it explains in the, in the culture that time of like such as kissing the hand, kneeling down, bowing down. It means you are kneeling down and say we bow down, we bow down and worship Yahweh. It means we are kneeling. It's a posture. Physically, we might kneel down. It's just saying, you know, your kneel down doesn't like impress God, but it's about your heart that you are giving yourself yes. a posture that shows that you reverence God. Yeah. That shows that you value God. Yeah. That shows that you declare that God is so worthy of your praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, by nature, human beings, we are worshippers. It's because God has created us with that spirit of worship in us. 
By nature, we are worshippers. Yes. So that's why you see that when people are not worshipping God, then their worship is misdirected to something. Yes. Then either they are worshipping their bank accounts, they are worshipping their work, or they are worshipping no fashion, or whatever. They are worshipping or whatever, you know? Or they are worshipping football. Here in Europe, I know football stadiums are so full on Sundays. But you go to church, the churches are empty. You no, know, are empty. And some people, the way they value that football is like they are God. That is what they worship. Yes. Hallelujah. So it can, you know, it can help us as Christians, even challenge us. What are we putting? Where is our value? Yes, we might say we are Christians, but the way we live, does it really show that God is the, is the highest value in our lives? Amen. Amen. And we worship God for who he is. Psalm 52, verse 9. We worship God for who he is. We worship God because his name is good. We worship God. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I will walk for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. So we do not worship God because we, he gives us something, we get something. You know, that is not our primary reason for worship. Our primary reason to worship is because we worship God for who he is. Yes. We acknowledge that God is our Father. Mm. We acknowledge that he is the creator of all universe. Mm. We acknowledge that he is Yahweh. He is Messiah. He sent his son to die for us so that we may have life. We worship him because he is the Messiah. He is the great I am. He is our Father. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So we give him the honor that is due him. We give him the honor that is due to him. So if people ask you why, but why do you go to church every Sunday? Why do you do this? Why do you pray before? It's because you give honor that is due to God yes. because of who he is. Mm -hmm. Because he is of value in your life. You know that, you know, he is everything to you. Amen. Amen. So we recognize his work. Hallelujah. We recognize his value. We recognize his place in the church and his claim in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is why we worship God. Amen. 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 And worship, one thing I want to say is worship is a matter of the heart. In John chapter 4, verse 23 to, to, to 4, Jesus says, you know, the days are coming. Can you beam it for me? John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. Hallelujah. Worship is a matter of the heart. It's a matter, it comes from the heart. Worship should be a lifestyle. Worship should come from within. He says, yes, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Verse 24. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Amen. So we worship him in spirit. He says God is spirit. And we humans, we have that aspect of the spirit which connects us to God. And we worship God in spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. We worship God in spirit. Amen. Amen. It's beyond the physical. That was saying it's beyond the physical. It's a matter of the heart, posture of the heart. So it's more about the, the man, the person inside, the inside of you. Coming out, expressing yourself to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's about the inside. It's about the things that you are carrying within. You know, so it's about your life, hallelujah. It goes deeper within. We might see you here raising your hands and whatever, but it's all within from within. Let it come from the heart, hallelujah. It's the posture of the heart. Psalm 51, verse 17. Psalm 51, verse 17. Psalm 
The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. It means we need a broken heart, a contrite heart. It talks about a humility, a humble heart. We come before God with a humble heart, a heart that, you know, that surrenders to God. It means we are putting ourselves under Him. That's why it's a hard thing. It means you put yourself under before God and you acknowledge Him. So worship is a matter of the heart. We might sing, you might dance, you might do whatever, but it's about your heart. Is it a broken and contrite spirit? A broken and contrite heart? A heart that is broken before God? A heart that humbles itself before God? To say, God, I acknowledge you. You are my God, you are my Father. You are my Lord, you are my everything. That's what worship is all about. It is about the heart. Nowadays, with so many people who cannot humble themselves before God, they will tell you who is God, what is God. If I can do everything by myself, what do I need God for? But it's about, because the heart is the heart has not been broken down. The heart cannot humble itself to say, you know, God is my everything. He is my source of life. And we, we worship God in spirit because it's a matter of the heart. It's deeper. It goes deeper. It goes deeper. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we also worship in truth based on who God is. The truth is about who God is, about God, what God does. You know, the truth of, and we, we derive the truth from his word, from his word, his word. That's why we must be students of the word of God, so that we may understand and know the nature of God. So we cannot only be worshipping in spirit, but we don't have the truth in us. We need the truth about who God is. And the Bible, the Word of God, it helps us to understand the truth. And the Word of God even applies to our own situation. We worship God even the truth about our own situation, about the world around us, about our own circumstances. Because, you know, worship is not, it's not about you worship God when things are good only, even when things are bad. Even when you are in pain, when you are, are, are hating, you still must worship God. That is the truth. You, you, the word of God will help you to understand, you know, you might be going through this, but God says, I will make a way. God made a way. You may they know the, the Red Sea to dry up, but you worship God knowing the truth. Yes, things might not be going well. I may not be having food to put on the table, but I still worship you, God, because of who you are. Amen. And that is the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So we worship God in truth, and the word of God help us to understand the truth, to know the truth. We worship God in whatever circumstances we are because the truth helps us to understand whatever circumstances are happening around us, the world around us, and whatever is happening around us, we still worship God for who he is. Amen. And you find that we worship God in line with heaven. In heaven, worshiping is going on 24 hours. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 148, verse 1 to 2. It says that we praise God, we worship from heaven. In Revelation chapter, maybe you go to, to, to Revelation chapter 4 from verse 8, going down to 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. 
the 24 elders fall down before him, will sit on the throne and worship him, will live forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So the creatures, they are bowing down. The 24 elders, heaven in heaven worshiping is happening 24 hours right now. So you know, that's one thing that will continue to happen even when we die or even when Jesus Christ comes, when we go to heaven, is worship. All this preaching, the teaching, it shall come to an end one time. But worship shall continue forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Worship will yeah. continue in heaven. So when we worship, we are joining heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. It means you are connected. You are rightly connected to heaven. When you are worshiping, you are together. You are joining the 24 elders. You are joining the host of heaven. Hallelujah. So we are joining the host of heaven when we are worshiping. And worship is something that is continuing in heaven. Hallelujah. That's why it is important for us to understand worship. Amen. Mm -hmm. And why should we worship? 1 Corinthians 16 verse 29. Why should we worship? Because it is de desired and demanded. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. God desires and demands that we worship. 1 Corinthians 16 29 says, Ascribe unto the Lord his glory. Ascribe unto him his holiness. Because we, are, we should ascribe it to him. It's like worship is our, a command for us as children of God. First Chronicles 16 verse 29. It is desired. Hallelujah. Let me go. Okay. And then. Ascribe to the Lord the glory joy his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Hallelujah. We worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. That's why it is demanded, it is desired of God. Because we worship him for who he is. That's what it is. It is a command. It is our reason. One reason why we live is to worship God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is a life posture. It is expected in our lives as children of God. Romans 12 verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore my brethren. No, to present your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before you. What does it mean? It means we are to present our lives as a living sacrifice, as a life of worship. That's what it is all about. Our lives are a life of worship. So it is our, it's a life posture. So in whatever we do, wherever we are, we are in the posture of worship. So I want you to question yourself, how you spend your day, how you look, are you in the posture of worship? Hallelujah. Because your life is a living sacrifice, which is supposed to be holy, to be presented to you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It is not an option, but it is a command. When we look into, if you read the book of Revelation 15, verse 4, you will find that, you know, it says, all nations, they shall come to him, they shall come to glorify his name. All nations, we are called to worship the Lord. That's why it is important for us to understand why we should worship. It is our number one call. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. And when we worship God, you know, we experience his presence. Like I was mentioning in the beginning, when we worship God, we experience his presence. It doesn't matter as an individual or in corporate worship like what we are doing right now. When we worship God, we experience his presence. Amen. So when worship occurs, 
People encounter the God who loves them. The God who wants to have a relationship with them. You have encounter with God. You experience his presence in a deeper way. Hallelujah. Because when we worship, our agenda is to meet with God. And God's agenda is also to meet with us. Amen. So when we worship, something happens. Things happen. And one of the most important things is that we experience his presence. Hallelujah. And we must desire for his presence. We must yearn for his presence. It is the most important thing that we need in our lives. The presence of God. Hallelujah. When we have the presence of God, everything else is okay. Amen. Amen. I want us to read from Luke 15. From Luke 15. I have a bit of a long, a long passage. But let's go to Luke 15 verse 17. Luke 15, verse 17. Sorry, Luke 5. Sorry, sorry. Luke chapter 5. <coughs> I'll start from verse 17. One day, as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered on him in lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Amen. Now jump, you know, the, the paralytic guy was healed. Amen. And he rose up from the mat, he took his mat, and Jesus healed him. And verse 26 says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Hallelujah. And there is one thing which Luke you know, the writer of this gospel, the book of Luke, you know, we know Luke was a doctor, but he notes something in verse 17. He said, you know, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. He said, and the power of the Lord was present to you. We know Jesus was already there, which talks of the omnipresence. He was already there, omnipresent. He was there already. But imagine then it even goes on to say, and the power of the Lord was present for him to you. Which means there is a special presence that must be there. That must be there. That was saying the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. The revealed presence of God at a certain place and time. And when we worship, we experience this kind of presence of God. Because God is everywhere. If I go right now, I go back to my Utrecht where I live. If I go back right now to work in Den Haag, God is present with me. But there is something, there is a different kind of presence when we worship. When I worship, when I call upon God, as we were worshiping right today, there was a special presence which was there. Yes, God is with us. God is omnipresent everywhere. But there is a special presence that comes when we worship. Hallelujah. So as individuals, I want to challenge us that we must desire to, to worship God. We must desire to worship God. We must desire to have encounters with God. This special presence of God, the manifest presence of God, at a particular time, at a particular place. That is what we need. And he says, no, and the people were amazed. 
and they stood in awe of the works of God. They gave worship to God because of who he is. Hallelujah. Because of that, you know, special presence. Hallelujah. Even more, we begin to glorify God more, and it helps us to keep going. It helps us to keep going. That's why at times, you know, when the presence of God does not manifest like that, you find like it's like Christianity is boring. You find, you wonder, what is the reason for you to become a child of God? Day in, day out, you are praying, you don't see results. You are praying, you don't experience anything. You don't feel anything. That's why sometimes many churches are empty. Because you come Sunday in, Sunday out, you don't experience anything. You go back the same thing. So you say, but why, why should I come? Why don't I just stay? Like the young people of today, today they are so full of technology. If they don't see something particular, something special, we cannot win them to church. Hallelujah. That's why we need to be worshippers. We need to be people who worship. Let that special presence of God come as we worship. You know when God, even if, if anyone is praised, if anyone, no, they, they, they have this thing, you know, you feel so happy. You just, and so when we praise God, you know, he gets so excited and he shows up. That's the, the, the manifest presence of God. He shows up in certain ways. If there are people who need healing, he gives healing. If there are people who have been going through depression, sadness, you find you just, it just goes away. You don't even know to go to the psychologist because that's the presence of God when it comes. It just touches your life and your life changes. Amen. And because of worship, hallelujah. Amen. We need to be individuals in a church who understands what worship is, hallelujah. Amen. And when we worship, we experience the presence of God. I talked about what is worship. I talked about why worship. And now I'm going to talk about what, when we worship God, what do we experience? And my main thing point today is about the presence of God, hallelujah. We, we experience the presence of God, amen. amen. That's why Jesus was saying, where two or more are gathered in my name, they I will be present. He is omnipresent, but he was mentioning about that special presence. Amen. 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 Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. So there is the presence of God which we must long for in worship. We must desire for it. Amen. Amen. We need to feel it. We need to experience it. We need to touch it. Amen. Amen. We need to feel it as an individual, a child of God, to desire to know, God, I want to know you more. And where there is a hunger, God touches lives. Amen. Amen. So one of the, there are two things that I'm just going to mention that are, that are needed in our worship. And the first thing is a hunger for God. Amen. A hunger for God. For us to experience this presence of God, to experience the manifest presence of God, we need to have a hunger for God. Amen. Exodus 33 verse 13. This is a passage that we have used a lot this year. It's been a passage of the year. Where Moses talks to God. Hallelujah. Exodus 33 verse 13. It starts from verse 12 to 23. But I'm not going to read the whole passage. So Exodus 33 verse 13. If you can bring it for us. And then Moses says, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. So I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Amen. Amen. You know, you see the way Moses had, had walked with God, even they had parted the Red Sea, so many things had happened, the miracles, even, you know, the plagues that Pharaoh saw, but Moses comes to a point, he still says, you know, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Imagine Moses, such a great man of God, and the miracles, the things that he had done, but he still goes on to say, God, 
teach me your ways that I may know you. Still say, I want to know you more. So Moses hungered for God. Hallelujah. Moses hungered for God. He longed for God. He realized that, you know, nothing else could beat the experience of being with God. And he still say, God, I want to know you more. Show me more. I want to know you face to face. He asked for a visible manifestation of God. To say, I want to know you face to face. I have this hunger, God. Even after all these things that we, I have seen that, but I still want to know you. I want to know who you are. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is the hunger that we need, church. Hallelujah. That is the hunger we need, church. That is the hunger that must drive us. If you are saying you are going to read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, just seeking and crying for God, do it. And cry to God. Hallelujah. We need to have that hunger. If we are all God coming, I don't know how many, we are 90 or 100 here. If we all come to a Sunday service and we have prayed, we have prayed in our houses, that God, we want to meet you in that church. We want to meet you in that building. In that better house, God, we want to meet you. Our hearts are hungry. We are yearning for you. I tell you, God will come down in this place. I tell you, this house will be full of his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. If we all come with a hunger, we need to keep hungering. Hallelujah. That must be the journey of a Christian life. We need to keep on hungering and hungering for God. How many are tired you know, of just playing church? How many are tired of just coming to church, going back the same way? But we need to, we need to a hunger. Hallelujah. Amen. We will turn around this city, we will turn around this nation if we have a hunger for God. And God reveals himself to us. Amen. Amen. Many people have experienced the grace of God, but they have not even experienced with God. Many people know that you know, Jesus Christ died for them. They have received him as their personal savior, but many people have not experienced the presence of God. Many people have not had a touch of God. And we need to move beyond just the salvation. Yes, to move beyond that, you know, it is wrong with you. Yes, let them tell you it is wrong with you, but experience it. Huh? Say, God, I've never experienced healing. Day in, day out, you're complaining of hating. Day in, day out, you're complaining of sickness. It is only when you cry out your hunger. Or you have, you, you, I hear you, testimonies. You have healed cancer. You have done this and this. But God, why not me? If you desire, I tell you, God will meet with you. You will experience your own miracle of healing. You will experience. It, it comes with a hunger. Hallelujah. We must long for God. We must hunger for God. Amen. You know, if we, you know, churches are full of people who know who God is. We all have the facts. You know, people, some people know the Bible in and out. They know the death. They know the history. They'll tell you, when I was there in Jerusalem, I know where the grave is. They have the facts and everything about God, but they don't have an encounter, a real touch of God. That is where we should move up to. We should move on to. We just have to have a real experience of God. To have a real experience of God. And that's what to worship, you know, when we worship God, His presence comes. Amen. Amen. And we must desire why we need that for our worship. We need to have a hunger for God, like Moses did. Amen. God then I tell him, you know, I cannot show you my face. I will just pass, I will just pass and show you my back. But my face I will not show you because then you cannot leave. But God came down and met with him. Amen. Amen. And secondly, we need an encounter with God. In that same Exodus 33, verse 18, Exodus 33, verse 18, Moses goes on to say, then Moses said, now show me your glory. He said, please let me see your glory. Please let me see your glory. You know, the, 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 the Hebrew word for glory is kabod, hallelujah, which means God's honor, God's renown. 
God's splendor. You know, the weight of his splendor. His visible splendor. So Moses was asking, it's something that is close really related, you know, face to face. He was asking for a, you know, a visible face to face encounter with God. Amen. He wanted to behold God face to face. And that's what we should desire. That's what we need in worship. We need to have an encounter with God. We need to desire and hunger for an encounter with God. And that's what Moses was saying. So please show me your glory. I want to behold you face to face. We must cry out to God and say, Lord, I want to behold you face to face. In my personal life, in my own, you know, in my own in my individual life, when I call you, when I call upon you, when I have that devotional time, whenever God, I just want to have a face-to-face -face experience with you. He was looking for a visible encounter. He was not content with business as usual. Church, we must get tired of business as usual. We are just coming in or opening song, or present worship, or preaching, and then we walk out the same people. We walk out, go back again, broad life. We go back again to a distracted life. We go, you know, our lives, the glory of the Lord should shine. The glory of the Lord should be seen in our lives. And we must desire to, to know that what worship is about. It's because when we worship, the weight of his splendor comes upon us. The glory of the Lord. In intercession, we always pray. Say, we say, no, we want to see the Shekinah glory of this in this place. You know, Lord, God can come down. That's what we should, when we worship, we desire. We desire a visible encounter with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are tired of coming to church, you know, or just being Christians. But you're not know, living the same way of life, not experiencing God. You know, God is still doing things. When you hear, you think that, oh, you know, at times you are so discouraged because the world you live around, people are just talking negative things about God. You know, sometimes even at work, sometimes you even are ashamed to say I'm a Christian because they will tell you, oh, what, God, you're still going to church? Tell you, oh, what did you do in the weekend? I went to church, it, it takes all my afternoon. Then people are shocked and surprised. Oh, you're still. But God is still doing things. There are some people, even you still talk to you, your testimonies of what God is doing, you will be surprised. People who are believing God to provide for their day to day, and you hear miracles, things that God is doing. Hallelujah. God is still in the business of doing things. We just need to hunger for Him. We just need to thirst for Him. Men and brethren, let us not be discouraged by the world we are living around. Let us see God as individuals. And when we come to corporate worship here, let it be now a corporate anointing. Let God come down mightily because all of us as individuals, we are hungering, we are yearning. Hallelujah. We are having individual encounters with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. So what do we need to do? To experience the, you know, the revealed presence of God in worship, the manifest presence of God in worship, I just have some five points. Number one, my time is gone, I'll just go through them quickly. We need to anticipate, we need to expect him, we need to long for him, like I was saying that Moses yearned for him. We anticipate God you know, will never leave a heart that is hungry for him, I will tell you. If your heart is hungry, God satisfies it. So we need to anticipate. We need to yearn. Let us not just be Christians who are just like a days ago. Just used our in and everyday thing. But we must each and every day. We must desire more. We must long more. long more and more for God. Amen. And we also need to look for God's hand in worship. Now I was saying God manifests in all kinds of, in different kinds of ways. Even in our own situation, we say, yes, we worship him in truth. We know our circumstances, but when we fully give our hearts to God, when we fully worship him, God manifests. 
in those circumstances, instead of you being in so sick and maybe you're so much in depression and you say, now I no longer worship, desire to worship him in that state and you will see how God will come down for you. Amen. Amen. We need to listen to his voice. We need to be people who are sensitive to God's voice. When you come in a moment, even in your own prayer life, even your own devotional time, just just do it, you know, you know, let it not just be tradition. Oh, I start, I pray, I pray, I read my Bible, and then I'm satisfied, I've done my duty. No. It's, you know, when we worship God, when the presence comes, it no longer becomes a ritual. It no longer becomes duty that, oh, as a Christian, as a child of God, I'm expected to have a devotional. Hallelujah. But it goes beyond that. You desire, you are looking for to, you are expecting to hear his voice. And you begin to hear, oh, God speaking to you. Oh, God has dropped a message for me. Even God speaking about other people's lives. That's why, you know, some people tell you, ah, I, I have a word for you. Why? Because they are listening to God's voice. If we all desire, God will speak to us. Amen. So open yourself to new manifestations of God's presence. As you continue to desire, as you open yourself to listening and hearing his word, you'll find that God will continue to manifest, you know. He says we move from glory to glory. If you know we are singing from glory to glory, you start like, you are just hearing a message, a word is dropped, you begin to see visions. You begin to see things. Great and mighty, God takes you, God takes you from one level to another. So you just need to open yourself to say, God, I'm here, I'm willing, touch my life. Amen. Be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Shall we rise up on our feet? My brother, you can come. Let us be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We were also talking about it in the disciple, in the search, the scripture, in discipleship. That you know the Holy Spirit is a resource person. He is a slave. He, he gives us the, he is the one who helps us even in our discipleship. But for him to help us, we need to be sensitive to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why when we pray, when we talk to God, we must listen to God's voice. We must seek out to hear him speak to us. So we need to be sensitive to God's voice. I just want you to talk to God, even as we conclude right now, that you know, we, you have heard the word of God in your own, you know what has touched your own life. I just want you to open up to God, to say, God, help me, help me to be 